0: Hi, everyone. This is Andrew Prima, a Ukrainian-American reporting from Kyiv. In today's podcast, week 103 of Russian invasion of Ukraine, and this is the second week of February 2024. In today's podcast, we're going to talk about Ukraine's loss of village of Divka, after several months of severe fighting and we're going to talk about death of Putin's critic Navalny. Battle for Avdivka and Ukraine's retreat. Russian's warplanes were dropping more thousand pound bombs on Avdivka village in eastern Ukraine, reducing an already battered city to rubble and ashes. Since January 1st, Putin's forces have dropped around 1 million pounds of aerial bombs on an area encompassing just 12 square miles, according to estimates by Ukrainian officials and British intelligence. Adivka village fell to the Russians on Saturday after some of the most horrific and destructive fighting of two-year-old war. At the end, Russia's superior firepower and manpower overwhelmed Ukraine forces over many months, even as Russia incurred a staggering number of casualties. The Ukrainians withdrew under withering bombardment, fighting intense battles across ruined streets to break out of the Russian attempt to encircle them. Russian warplanes bombed the hulking Processing plan on Avdivka northern outskirts, using incendiary munitions to blow up fuel tanks at the plant, unleashing a toxic smoke, according to Ukrainian soldiers that were fighting at the plant. Avdivka is a constant barrage of aviation bombs, said Maxim uh, Zhorin, deputy commander of the 3rd Special Assault Brigade. It feels like the largest number of air bombs on such a stretch of land in the entire history of humanity. These bombs completely obliterate any positions, all buildings, structures, after just one airstrike turns into the craters. Astonishingly, more than 900 civilians had remained in the city, according to the city administration and the police. From a pre war population of 30,000 people uh, that were living in the villages and surviving on food and supplies brought by the aid workers. Now there is only 900. Russian forces lost more than 47,000 soldiers and 360 tanks in the month long assault on the key Donetsk city of Avdivka, Ukraine military said. Skeev pulls its troop, troops from devastated settlement, from October tenth, two thousand twenty-three, to February seventeenth of two thousand twenty-four. Moscow forces lost over forty-seven thousand people, and as I said, three hundred almost four hundred tanks and seven hundred fifty armored fighting vehicles during this offensive on Avdivka said the brigade general alexander ternavsky russian forces lost also 248 artillery systems and five jets in the more than four months of the clashes around the divka the figures offer an indication of the scale of the staggering price russia's military has paid to size of divka moscow said on sunday that its forces had completely liberated Avdiivka after four months of bitter fighting. Ukraine's Army Commander-in-Chief, Colonel General Alexander Sirsky, said on Saturday that his forces had had no choice but retreat from Avdiivka to avoid encirclement and save the lives of the fighters. Our soldiers honorably fulfilled their military duty, did everything possible to destroy the best Russian military units and inflicted significant losses on the enemy in manpower and equipment, its Sirsky. Fighting around Avdivka in Ukraine's annexed, uh, annexed uh, eastern Donetsk region earned the city the label of meat grinder, a ter- term used to describe battlegrounds that rack up high casualty counts and absorb significant resources such as armored vehicles. Ukraine has also lost many fighters and resources defending the village, the city spending a decade on the front lines in the Donetsk region that Russia annexed in fall of 2022. However, Moscow doesn't control of the territory in the the province. Russia lost a significant number of armored vehicles in the initial weeks of the outslaught of Avdiivka and Western analysts suggest that Moscow's forces switched to infantry-led attacks to preserve its armored, uh, armored vehicles. Ternovsky, the general Ternovsky, said early in February that Russian forces were increasingly adding armored groups to assault infantry groups around Avdiivka. The Russian military began to use armored vehicles more often for offensive actions. The captain Dmytro Lechovy, a spokesperson for Ukraine's Tavrya group of forces, told this last week. The Ministry of Defense assessed on Friday that Russia had lost at least 400 tanks and infantry-fighting vehicles in its long-running assault on Edivka. Ukrainian defenders inflicted huge losses of the enemy and destroyed the significant reserves of Russian well-prepared and professional soldiers by capturing Avdivka as a price for Moscow both symbolically and strategically it allows Russia to expand its logistical operations and could pave the way toward other important settlements further west with the front lines largely static in recent months the capture of Avdivka would mark Russia's first major gain since taking Bachmund last May. Avdivka is important for Russians to control the space around the Donetsk region. Uh, They can control uh, dominant heights there and they can build logistics corridors to supply a large area of the front, said Mikhail Podolyak, an advisor to President Zelensky. This is not about the symbolism, this is about the operative importance of a particular territory. So unfortunately, size matters more than ever. With this now being a war of attrition, the difference of Ukraine and Russia's size is becoming more apparent. Russia's population of 144 million people is more than four times larger than Ukraine's. Despite losing thousands of soldiers in this war, Moscow has made its size count by replenishing them almost immediately. Ukrainian forces have suffered losses too, though not to the same extent. As with other Ukrainian settlements on the front line, Russia has sized has size an almost totally destroyed city. Ukraine's 3rd Assault Brigade, which deployed there, said they were being attacked by infantry in all directions. Russia has concentrated its best trained fighters in the area and was believed to be dropping up to 60 bombs a day on Ukrainian positions. The last time a Ukrainian city, Bakhmut, was taken by the Russians, General Sirsky was criticized for for holding this village for too long. He was actually accused of pursuing symbolic victory at the expense of needless casualties experience seems to have changed that. So this Russian advance has not happened overnight, though. Since last October, Moscow has launched wave after wave of attacks toward Davdiivka. From the erased positions and reinforced defenses in the industrial city, Ukrainians were able to hold them off with car- targeted strikes, leaving the scary Donbas landscape littered with Russians' bodies and destroyed armored vehicles. Now it seems Russian troops have penetrated defenses, which have been reinforced over the 10 years since Moscow's campaign of aggression first started. The frustration, Ukraine has been unable to break Russian fortifications elsewhere, which were built in a matter of months. Russia cannot achieve strategic goals, only tactical ones said Major uh, Radion Kudrashov, a Ukrainian deputy commander of the 3rd Assault Brigade. He says his troops are outnumbered by as many as 7 to 1. Over the phone, he told us, he's confident that Russians will not push further to cities like Pokrovsk and Konstantinivka, but that is far from guaranteed. What it will do for them is relief pressure on the city of Donetsk, which is 50 kilometers or 9 miles further east, which Russia has occupied since 2014. So, Ukraine has been forced backwards, like this before, notably in the summer of 2022. Large well-equipped Russian units encircled cities like Lysychansk and Severodonetsk. The Ukrainians could do little to stop them. However, The subsequent influx of Western weapons and inspired military thinking led to a changing of the tide later that year, with Ukrainian troops liberating, er, liberating areas in the Kherson and in Kharkiv regions. But this is a different war now. Global politics are having a more significant impact on the battlefield, staggering Western help. He's directly contributing to this likely Ukrainian retreat in Avdivka. The US leads the way in providing weapons to Ukraine because of the scale and the speed it can provide them, with a 95 billion package, including aid for Ukraine, still not approved in Washington and blocked by uh, uh, Donald Donald Trump allies. It means that Ukrainians are having to ration ammunition and manage low morale, and Avdiivka may not be the only withdrawal Kyiv is considering. Russian President Putin also still wants the whole of Ukraine, and it is still possible that he could take it. That prospect could either restore Western unity in trying to prevent it or fuel the skepticism that Ukraine was never able to win this war, despite the extraordinary defenses it had displayed in Avdiivka and other settlements so we're going to talk about the death of Navalny Navalny has been uh, Putin's critic for more than a decade to so Russia's most significant opposition or leader for the past I would say over 10 years Alexei Navalny has died in his Arctic Circle jail the prison ser- service service President Putin, most, the, uh, Putin's most active critic was serving 19 years on extremist charges that were widely seen as politically motivated. Navalny was moved to one of the Russia's toughest panel colonies late this year. Or one of his closest allies, Anti-Corruption Foundation Chief Ivan Zhdanov, said it was, high, it was highly likely Navalny had been killed. And that a murder has actually happened. The prison service in Russia's Yamala nenets district when Navalny, where Navalny was being held, said he had felt unwell after a walk on Friday, within minutes of Navalny's death being announced by prison service, the international community held the courage of Vladimir Putin's biggest domestic adversary. France said he had paid with his life for resisting Russian oppression, while Norway's foreign minister said Russian authorities bore a great responsibility for his death. US President Joe Biden said if the reports were true, then Vladimir Putin was responsible. What has happened is yet more proof of Putin's brutality. The demonstrative killing of Navalny is a signal, but the signal is not to the Russians, but to the West, in particular the United States. Regarding Navalny, one important point needs to be emphasized and is directly important for Ukraine. I think everyone noticed that Europe and the United States reacted the most to the death of the main Russian oppositionist. In these states, the President even made a special statement on this matter. Against this background, no particular reaction was observed in the Russian state itself. Police beat and detained several protesters, as always. Here is the opinion, not about Russia, but about the US, and about the attitude of the current White House administration to the Russian-Ukrainian war. At the same time, it's obvious that this administration, on many points, continued the general political line for a long time which was initiated by the administration of Barack Obama in 2014. This political line also logically followed the attitude of the U.S. to the problem of Russian-Ukrainian relations after the collapse of the USSR in 1991. So, from the point of view of the U.S., which they repeatedly indirectly emphasized with numerous resets, it was relations with russia that were strategic for them and they sincerely believed that after the fall of communism they would be more or less positive no one saw problems in the absence of the of the democracy democracy does the us cooperate with saudi arabia and they then the russians even had some elections yes that they shut the parliament with tanks bomb their own rebellion cities but it was possible to turn a blind eye to this for the sake of promise and friendship with a large raw material state which seemed to be on the way to building a market economy ukraine was not taken seriously in the us for a long time the quintessence of this was republican president george Bush's kiev's cutlet speech as well as a nuclear nuclear disarmament of Ukraine by Democratic President Bill Clinton Ukraine was at the most a means of pressure on the Russian side constantly turning a blind eye to the development of Russian uh Russian Empire the United States missed the attack on Georgia missed the annexation of Crimea in 2014 and the start of the war against Ukraine. But it was the Russian side that continued to be perceived as something serious in the States. For a long time, Washington was betting on the understanding with the Kremlin. Then he tried to apply sanctions to change the line of behavior. When the invasion of the territory of Ukraine began 2014, the US not only didn't help Ukraine with weapons. But implemented a de facto embargo on its supply, which was supported by the European allies of the states. And it was not some refined treason. It's just logic. The potential of Ukraine and the Russian aggression, aggressor aggressor are disproportionate. The aggressor should not be provoked by arming the victim. It is necessary to somehow to try not to freeze everything and with sanction to push the aggressor to correct behavior. Is there a market economy? So, they should understand someday that it's not profitable to be bad and for now, they should refrain from escalation. And of course, the optimal scenario is the transition of power in Russian Federation a new perestroika as we said the restoration of the trade an aggression against ukraine is an inconvenient reason for the introduction of sanctions of course the full-scale invasion of the territory of ukraine in 2022 marked the collapse of such approaches but no one was going to refuse them globally thank you for listening if you like my podcast please Share with your friends.